Second down field, scans downfield, fires to the end zone, it's intercepted! Picked off by Nolan Turner! And the Tigers are not going to be dethroned tonight! They'll punch their ticket to New Orleans! This is the Locked On Clemson Podcast. You've got Smitty here with you as we are every day keeping you up to date with what's happening uh, at campus with the Clemson Tigers. What's going on with Monty Lee and that club over at Doug Kingsmore Stadium? How about Brad Brownell and his team lining up against Boston College this weekend? And we're always willing to talk about Tigers football, uh, whether it be the past, the present, or the future in recruiting. And today, I do want to talk about the past because the last couple of episodes, we've had uh, a lot of talk, a lot of chatter about C.J. Spiller going into the South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame, which sparked for me a feature, uh, something for us to, to talk about and, and his place in, in Clemson Tigers football history because he's more than just kind of ranking him among the running backs. He just had a lasting impact. And as I, I mentioned on one of the previous episodes, I feel like he was the bridge between the Tommy Bowden era and the Dabo Sweeney era, uh, really handing the baton off from Bowden to Sweeney, coming back for his senior year, the splash that he made as a five-star recruit, the splash that he made coming, you know, choosing the Tigers over Florida, one of the preeminent programs. It was right there in, you know, he was right there in their backyard. You just didn't get guys out of that area to to not to say no to the Florida Gators at that point, and that's exactly what Clemson did. And then the recruiting that Dabo Sweeney did to get C.J. Spiller to come back for his senior season. Eventually, he's a first-round pick, number seven overall pick. But saying all of that and all that C.J. Spiller did, and and the the kick returns for touchdowns, the long group of. Uh, Highlights, the highlight film that C.J. Spiller put together, part of Thunder and Lightning with James Davis. Having said all that, I'm not convinced he's the best running back in Clemson history. Which, you know, now if we extrapolate that a little bit, it's fun to debate who's the best at each position. And as I I kind of strolled down memory lane looking at some of the great Clemson Tigers of all time, and and I want to keep this to the modern era. I don't want to go all the way back to Banks McFadden um, because it's difficult necessarily to gauge. It's it's hard even to gauge players like Steve Fuller against Taj Boyd because Boyd's numbers dwarf Steve Fuller's, but everybody that played with Steve Fuller tell you that, that the kind of quarterback he was, he was at the top level of quarterback play in college football at that time. So I think you have to judge everyone in their own time. And Taj Boyd, a great quarterback in his own right, and he's going to be a part of this discussion as well. But how do you gauge each player, uh, you know, in their own time against what they accomplished? And I've got some criteria for that. And we're going to have uh, my brother, actually, uh, who is a radio analyst at uh, Fox Sports Sparkbrook, join us to debate this a little bit. Uh who the best quarterback is in clips in history, kind of trying to rank them. And again, not just in terms of performance while they were there, but the lasting impact on the Clemson Tigers 
football program. So we're going to do that coming up in our next segment here on the Locked on Clemson podcast. It will be a lot of fun. Today we'll tackle the positions of quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. And uh, on our next episode of the Locked on Clemson podcast, we're going to have Vance Hammond, uh, former All-ACC defensive tackle who played in front of LeVon Kirkland. We've already had LeVon on the show. We're going to have Vance Hammond join us, and we'll talk about you know C.J. Spiller's impact, but also maybe some of the great defensive linemen that he's seen over the years because when Vance watches a game, unlike most of us, uh, you know, we're kind of, we're watching, right now we're watching Trevor drop back and pass. We're watching T. Higgins or Justin Ross beat their man downfield. Um, we watch the protection overall, but Vance Hammond, his eyes go right there to the trenches. He's watching who wins in the trenches. Uh, old school guy that played, of course, under Danny Ford. So we'll have that on our next episode. So we'll continue to talk about C.J. Spiller, but we'll get into defense with Vance Hammond. Today, offense with Alex of Fox, Fox Sports Spartanburg. And uh, we'll, we'll certainly be talking about guys like Trevor Lawrence. What can he do to eclipse Deshaun Watson? Or has he done that already by winning a national championship in the manner that he did? Their resumes are very similar now, both of which have won national championships and been to a national championship game. Uh, so you got Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson. I'm a big Woody Dantzler backer. Uh, and, of course, we're going to hear about Steve Fuller as well. And then Taj Boyd, the numbers that he put up at Clemson. Where does he land among this group? And uh, also a big recruit for Clemson to land, an important recruit for Dabo Sweeney and, and Chad Morris at the time, uh, kind of elevating that Clemson offense. And, and Taj Boyd was, was the one that was operating that offense. So, uh, And then we'll get to the wide receivers, Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins, Jerry Butler, Perry Tuttle. Uh, some great receivers that have come through Clemson. Uh, as Mark Packer always called them, Frisbee catching dogs. And Clemson has had plenty of them. Aaron Kelly. Can't forget uh, players like that. Mike Williams. And the stats weren't always there. But the lasting impact uh, and just that lineage of great receivers. Again, dating back to, to Jerry Butler and Perry Tuttle. So we'll, we'll do that position as well today on the Locked on Clemson podcast. And, of course, baseball this weekend at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. Uh, hopefully the weather will uh, be pleasant enough for Clemson to get all three games in against Stony Brook this weekend. Stony Brook, you know, good team last year, did make the NCAA tournament, but the Tigers kind of out-recruited those guys. And you'd really like to see Clemson take two of three from Stony Brook. And Clemson has Boston College this weekend, and Boston College has not been good uh, this season. And the Tigers... According to DRatings.com, which is a, a computer predictive, they have a, com, a computerized formula for predicting games. Again, that's not always going to be on the mark, but what you do get is kind of, it gives you a sense of where the talent is and how the two teams are playing because you know the algorithms they put in are pretty good and they give Clemson a 61.5% chance to win over Boston College. They project that score at about 67 to 63 in favor of the Tigers. So either way, it would be close, but it's one Clemson needs because at this point, you've got to keep your head above water if you want at least an NIT bid. Got to be over 500 to get it. So when we come back, we're going to be talking old school football and some of the new school guys as well. Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Spiller versus Travis Etienne, Travis Etienne versus Terry Allen, 
DeAndre Hopkins versus Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins versus Aaron Kelly, all of that coming up in our next segment with Alex Smith, Fox Sports Spartanburg. You're listening to your team every day, Locked On Clemson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Garoppolo able to stay upright. Breland is there for Kansas City. So we've got Alex Smith joining us now from Fox Sports Spartanburg. And Alex has a pretty good handle on Clemson football history. Uh, Lived through a lot of it, covered a lot of it. And uh, interesting conversation coming up about where the best of Clemson, at least in the modern era, you know, kind of we we don't want to go back too far where the passing numbers just don't seem to make sense. Uh, And, of course, Clemson. You also have the whole Danny Ford era where, you know, a ton of running, uh, you know, the use of fullbacks and, uh, you know, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 80% of the time they kept the football on the ground. So you've got guys like Homer Jordan who just aren't going to have the passing numbers, but Homer Jordan certainly an impactful player uh, in Clemson football history with the national championship in 1981. And, and guys like Jerry Butler um, – and Perry Tuttle aren't going to have the receiving numbers, but based on who they were uh, and their accomplishments, we need to just know how important they were. So we bring Alex Smith in to talk about those things and where C.J. Spiller ranks in his mind. If he agrees with me that Terry Allen's one of the top three running backs in Clemson history, and if he has Trevor Lawrence already ahead of Deshaun Watson, we'll find out. Uh, here in just a moment. Also, we're going to start off with Alex's thoughts on C.J. Spiller. Why Spiller? What it was that he was able to accomplish in his four seasons at Clemson that keeps him so fresh in the minds of Tiger fans everywhere. What is it about C.J. Spiller? It's not not just the numbers, the eye-popping numbers, but C.J. Spiller to this day, everybody can close their eyes. They have a, a favorite C.J. Spiller play highlight what is it about C.J. Spiller that made him so special and why he carries that special place in the hearts and minds of Clemson fans? He was one of the first big-time out-of-state recruits for Clemson, at least in that era. Uh, you know, he was highly touted coming out of high school, high, highly regarded really by every college coach. And then the immediate impact he had with not just – it wasn't just so much the production that he had on the field, but so much – the memories that stick out, the big plays, the kickoff returns, the fact that he was kind of able to do everything, even while splitting carries with James Davis. I think when people went to go see C.J. Spiller play at Clemson, they have a memory of an amazing play, a 60-yard touchdown run, a 100-yard kickoff return, a screen pass that he took 80 yards to the house. Everybody who went to see him play in person has one of those memories where it sticks out as probably one of the 10 greatest football plays they've ever seen live in person. Yeah, that that uh, definitely seems to track C.J. Spiller making big plays and just sticking out in everybody's mind. So I, I've got the list in front of me, Alex, and I'll tell you how I, how I kind of compressed this list down into three. But, you know, as I made a list of of the best Clemson running backs in history, I had C.J. Spiller and Travis Etienne, James Davis, who I think at least deserves a mention with 2,000-yard seasons, and 47 rushing touchdowns at Clemson. Andre Ellington, I think terribly underrated at Clemson. Terrence Flagler, 
Uh, Terry Allen, who was a ninth-round pick, and that's insane. He was clearly the best NFL <laughs> running back of the group. And then you had some other players like Kenny Flowers, who was a second-rounder. Uh, Raymond Priester, who until recently was the all-time leading rusher at Clemson. So you've got this great group. Now, I narrowed it, and we'll see if you agree with my list, based on now the perspective of looking back over their careers, knowing who they were, and kind of being able to place them in their own time. Spillers in the in the final three, Travis Etienne, 7.8 you know yards per carry, uh, all-time leading rusher at Clemson, national champion. And then I've got Terry Allen because of Allen's – History in the NFL, being the best NFL running back of the group. And you go back and look at who he was at Clemson, great Danny Ford teams, and he was the focus of those teams offensively. So that's my final three, which means I'm leaving guys like Raymond Priester and Travis Zachary and even Kevin Mack, who was a great NFL player, out of that list. Are you okay with my final three? I am okay with your final three. James Davis may my final three instead of Allen, but that's probably just because of the, the age I am and, and how much I saw James Davis play. And one of the names that we haven't mentioned yet that probably in Clemson lore is one of the fan favorites, and that's Reggie Mer- Merriweather. Uh, he was outstanding. He never put up the huge numbers or had the big seasons, but he's one of those guys that means a lot to Clemson fans. You know, if you ever went to a game, you would hear them just chanting Reggie, Reggie, Reggie. And while he didn't put up the, the eye-popping numbers that a C.J. Spiller or a Travis Etienne, who for some reason averages the first down every carry, uh, he didn't do that. But he was a great one. If you ask Clemson fans, he's probably a top-five running back in their eyes, maybe not talent-wise, maybe not by the numbers, but he definitely has a place in Clemson lore. Well, I, let's do wide receivers next. So you and I are pretty close on the running backs, and we agree C.J. Spiller, one of the best three running backs in Clemson history. Um, and in terms of impact as well. Now, at the wide receiver posis- position, I've got five guys just written down here. Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins, Rod Gardner, Perry Tuttle, and Jerry Butler. I think the best three receivers in Clemson history come from that group. And now Watkins has the best numbers, but based on who DeAndre Hopkins has been in the NFL, I kind of think Hopkins may have been the best Clemson receiver of all time. And then I'm I'm kind of stuck between Rod Gardner, Perry Tuttle, and and Jerry Butler. I'm actually going to go with Jerry Butler based on his NFL uh, experience and, and success as well. So I've got Watkins, Hopkins, and Jerry Butler as my top three Clemson receivers. I think the best Clemson receiver of all time is in that group. And now in terms of impact, you know, Perry Tuttle, a national championship winner. None of these guys, the rest of these guys were not national champions, but Sammy Watkins and DeAndre Hopkins really put Clemson offense on the map. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that top three right there. Sammy Watkins would probably be – had the greatest Clemson career as far as a wide receiver. But then if you go the best wide receiver to ever come out of Clemson, you've got to go DeAndre Hopkins. What he's done at the NFL level has been, I mean, unbelievable. 1,400 yards a year, 100 catches, uh, going on nine or ten seasons in a row right now. Uh, he's been amazing. And it's interesting because Clemson's got a couple of receivers – here just recently with guys like T. Higgins and Justin Ross that are talented enough to maybe be in the top three. But Clemson, the way they've been playing the last few seasons, beating people so badly, they're sitting out fourth quarters and their numbers have suffered. But I wouldn't be surprised if T. Higgins goes on to an extremely productive NFL career. 
All right, that takes us, so we agree with the top three there, and that takes us, and again, we'll do defense with Vance Hammond coming up, but uh, then the quarterback position. So here are the names that I, I have, you know, I jotted down, and I kind of looked at this twice, went back, looked at the statistics, and, and I came down, I think the best quarterback in Clemson history has to come from this group, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Woody Dantzler, Steve Fuller, Taj Boyd, Homer Jordan. Homer Jordan, of course, a national champion in 1981. And as great as he was, I think, I think, and and I know that there's going to be a lot of support for Steve Fuller, but I've got Woody Dantzler, Trevor Lawrence, and Deshaun Watson as my top three quarterbacks of Clemson all time. Uh, you know, impact, it's hard to take Steve Fuller and Homer Jordan out of there. Mm. I mean, Homer Jordan may be listening and saying, well, wait a second, I won a national championship. What did you want me to do? I went undefeated. But I just feel like the singular impact of Woody Dantzler was so great. And then with both Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence now winning national championships and and both of which making national splashes, uh, Heisman Trophy contenders, I feel like they've got to be in the group. Yeah, they most certainly have to be in the group. Woody Dantzler kind of – changed the game of football. He was one of those first dual threat guys that could really put up the passing numbers. You know, now we see guys 3,000 yards passing, 1,000 yards rushing in a season. Well, Woody Dancer was one of the first guys that was able to move like that and still have success throwing the football. For me, right now, Deshaun Watson sits atop this list. Trevor Lawrence still has another season to go. He very well could be back in the college football playoff, back in another national championship game, and have an opportunity to maybe surpass Deshaun Watson as the greatest quarterback in Clemson history, it's just tough because Deshaun Watson, when you think about what he did at Clemson and how great he was, he had to play a little bit more hero ball. Trevor Lawrence has been just cruising right along in very few close football games through his two seasons as a starter. When you think back to Deshaun Watson, you think back to him and and how he outplayed Lamar Jackson in, in a couple games, how he had to carry a team on his shoulders. Now, sometimes he threw some interceptions to put his team in those holes, but he played a lot more hero ball. And I think just his production in the fourth quarter is what really sticks out and puts him at the top of the list for me. Trevor Lawrence still has time to possibly jump him. And it's not Trevor Lawrence's fault that they're up by 30 points in the fourth quarter all the time. So he doesn't have those big moments. He was outstanding in the national championship run a couple of seasons ago, but I think he's going to have to have a few of those game winning drives, a come from behind victory to, to surpass what Deshaun Watson did. Now, Trevor Lawrence is going to be most likely the number one pick in the NFL draft. I assume he'll go on to a very successful career at the next level. But as far as the career at Clemson, Deshaun Watson, I mean by a nose, by the slimmest of margins over Trevor Lawrence in my eyes. Yeah, but Trevor Lawrence has another year to go. I mean, he could potentially, you know, pull an Andrew Luck and play two more seasons at Clemson. But even if he just plays one more season, we anticipate Clemson going, you know, what, 11 and 1, 12 and 0, probably making the college football playoff. So can he do it? You said a few more game-winning drives. What if he goes right back to the college football playoff? Is that enough? Because he'll probably also leave with every Clemson passing record. Yeah, that it, it may very well be enough, and and it may take, you know, it may take him beating a great Alabama team in the playoff or a great Ohio State team like he did last year in the title game this upcoming season. I mean, it's it's tough because this team is so talented, and the ACC is down as a conference the past few seasons and next year going forward, you know, we expect Clemson to just run through that conference, 
win games by 20-plus points all the time. So it's going to be tough for him to have those big moments. He's really probably only going to have a chance at those big-time fourth-quarter comebacks in the college football playoffs. So that's really, you know, nothing against him that his team is so talented. Uh, but Deshaun Watson and what he did, the way he played in those two games against Alabama, it, it's going to be a lot of pressure for Trevor Lawrence to try and do something, to try and jump him in Clemson's fans' minds. This is the Locked On Clemson podcast. Of course, we'll continue to talk about the best players from each unit for Clemson as we move forward. We have Vance Hammond on our next episode, former Clemson defensive lineman, former NFL player as well, and uh, he'll have an interesting perspective on maybe some of the best defensive linemen to ever come out of Clemson. Also, guys that played behind him, like linebacker, LaVon Kirkland. Is LaVon Kirkland the best linebacker in Clemson history? I think he is, but there were some other players like Keith Adams and Anthony Simmons that played great while at Clemson. You know, if Anthony Simmons hadn't had a few injuries, he may have been right there with LaVon Kirkland in terms of NFL legacy. But, uh, man, LaVon, he's a part of the 90s all-decade team uh, was a part of kind of that new version of the Steel Curtain under Bill Cower, uh, and he's been on with us. So, you know, a little biased there, but what a player. I grew up watching LaVon Kirkland. I've always felt like he was probably the best defensive player in Clemson football history, but hey, Brian Dawkins came out of Clemson uh, safety. How about uh, Donnell Wolford, Terry Kennard also in the defensive backfield. So many great players, obviously, in Clemson history. Michael Dean Perry, we've got to talk about him. So we'll do that with Vance Hammond on our next episode. And that's the past. We'll get into the future of Clemson recruiting and spring practice next week as well. But the present is all about Clemson baseball. And they have got a three-game set coming up against Stony Brook starting today. And uh, Clemson really needs to take two of three because the ACC is so stacked, especially at the top this year with teams like Louisville, Florida State, NC State, And the Tigers really need to put some hay in the barn, need to stack up some W's uh, where they can. This is a good opportunity to do that. Stony Brook was an NCAA tournament team last season, but because they come from uh, the New York area, it's tough for them to get on the field during the offseason. Those types of teams love to come and make their southern sweeps, uh, you know, and play teams down here in the great Palmetto State and, and, and get on the field and, and get back acclimated to taking live infield because they can't do that oftentimes with the weather up north in January and February the way that we can down in the south. So, look, they're going to be a little bit uh, – they're behind the curve a little bit. Doesn't mean Clemson should automatically clobber Stony Brook. They're going to bring some decent pitching down here. But Monty Lee has this program in a position and with arms like Sam Weatherly and, and Davis Sharp going the first two days, Clemson – absolutely should expect to win two out of three. Also, the Tigers just averaging 3.8 runs per game so far this season. Now, it's only four games in, and the weather hasn't been great. It was tough to hit the other day uh, at home against Furman. So, all, you know, all do excuses, and, and they, are, they are absolutely legitimate excuses as to why Clemson hasn't exploded offensively, but you'd like to see that. So, the two things I'd like to see from Clemson this weekend is – I'd really like to see a good approach at the plate, and they need to pile it on one of these games against Stony Brook. That needs to happen. The Tigers are due for that. Uh, You know, 
kind of a double-digit run outburst. Win one of these games 11-4. to Put it on them. And also, I guess I said two things. If I can add a third, Sam Weatherly needs to go right at Stony Brook. Weatherly's stuff is electric. Monty Lee told us the biggest strides in the offseason were made by Sam Weatherly between the end of last year and opening day this season. Well, what we saw on opening day was more of what we saw last season, which is Weatherly is practically unhittable. He's part of the reason Clemson pitching giving up just 144 uh, batting average to opposing hitters right now. But he walked too many guys, and he hit a pair of batters. Walked six, hit two. Don't nibble. The stuff is too good. So it'd be really nice to see Weatherly go out there, bulldog mentality. Go out there and Oral Hirschheiser it. Go out there and Greg Maddox it. Go right at these Stony Brook hitters. Your stuff is good enough. You, your stuff should overcome. So that's ahead. Uh, Clemson this weekend, and I anticipate the Tigers taking two of three. So we'll review Clemson baseball next week and the basketball game against Boston College. The Tigers are favored on the road up at Chestnut Hill. BC's really struggled this season. But Clemson, as you know, they've been inconsistent, a little hot and cold. They can right the ship and start looking at an NIT bid. They're 13-12 right now. This is one you need to have if you're Brad Brownell's group. So we'll review that, and we'll talk with Vance Hammond, legendary Clemson defensive lineman, about the best defensive players in Clemson football history. All that's ahead on the Locked On Clemson podcast, your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.